EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash insideems. Well, here it is. We're starting show 201 in our fourth year of going inside EMS. And with me every step of the way is our good friend, Kelly Grayson. KG, what's going on down there in world-famous Pitkin, Louisiana? Oh, man, saving lives, stamping out disease and pestilence. It's been one of those, uh, the last couple of shifts have been pretty brutal. You know, you've been stamping out disease and pestilence for a long time, but I don't know that you're making any headway. What the heck's going disease, on with it? Disease and pestilence just keeps coming back, man. It's becoming the resistant forms. I think I need to just switch over to stamping out stupidity. Oh, um, yeah. A lot more, that's a lot more uh, satisfying, and, and it might actually, you know, result in, in less work for EMS providers. Do you actually have a treatment for that? Do you actually have a, uh, how do you move that forward? Yeah, it's uh, it's about a uh, 240 grains of trapanosine at uh, at about 900 feet per second. I see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. As long as they're not in baited traps, right? That's right. That's okay. right. <laughs> All right. Well, interesting. Interesting. So, Kelly, we have an interesting topic to chat about today, and yeah. we got this email about uh, I don't know, it might have been three or four weeks ago, and we've been trying to get around to it, and there was just other things that popped up that we were kind of, uh, you know, chatting about first. But we get an email from a listener in Seattle, Washington. I'm not going to certainly give his name, and because we're going to talk about the uh, subject of you know medical marijuana and how it affects EMS and public safety, and this is something as an EMS leader that you know I've thought about. Like, how do we react to it? You know, certainly in some of these states now, and I believe Kelly, it's like 29 states or 26 states that now have some yes, form of legalization. And, you know, so now how does this affect public service? But, you know, the email comes and says, hey, Chris and Kelly, uh, just want to make note that he says Chris first. Um, Great work with the show. (laughs) I listen to every show. I'm a big fan. You could call me a closet fan, which I don't know what that means. So, I mean, why are we in the closet? We sh- you Meaning just- that he's, he's, he finds it difficult to admit publicly, especially since he mentioned you first. Ah, I see. So, all right, <laughs> let's not do this topic. Let's go ahead and move on to something else. <laughs> you know, you guys do a great job with your uh, with your shows. I love that you guys banter. You sound like you're really close friends. Well, we're not. I hate him. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, I really would like you to talk about medical marijuana and where does this fit into public safety, especially EMS, if our doctors are giving us prescriptions for this, quote, medication. And, you know, Kelly, this is something that I've thought about. I mean, you know, in Missouri, I, we didn't have medical marijuana uh, across the border in Illinois. They did pass it. So if I have, a pay, if I have an employee that lives in Illinois and he gets a prescription for medical marijuana. How does that affect um, our policies? How does that affect how we work? But I think now when we start to think about the uh, more and more states are getting some sort of medical, more and more states are moving to recreational. 
Um, this is something that really is in the spotlight from a, um, a policy standpoint that we've got to start to think about. Yeah. And I know my feelings, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about those, but uh, I've been talking for three minutes now, so I need to give you a little bit of chance to uh, let your voice be heard. What do you think? Well, uh, I, I think it's it's time we pretty much declared the the drug war in the United States is lost. Uh, we've we've wasted far too many lives, resources, uh, money on interdiction of uh, illegal drugs, and um, it's you know to no effect. Uh, it's not getting any better at all. Uh, and there was the, the recent story in, on EMS One about how use of mer- medical marijuana uh, may decrease uh, the incidence of, of opioid use, which is a great thing. You know um, what? You know, Kelly, just you know, just stopping you really quick. I read that article, and I found that very interesting. That where people are saying that marijuana is usually a gateway drug, meaning you start with marijuana because it's so benign that it brings you through the gateway into more stronger drugs. It was interesting how they were saying, and if folks out there haven't read the article, go ahead and check it out. But it's funny how they're saying that this may actually now reduce or decrease opioid use in the sense that if they can prescribe this, people may not need the opioids to where they're getting hooked on uh, the opioids and then subsequently Mm -hmm. heroin. But I'm sorry to cut you off. Well, you know, I, I don't buy the fact that I don't buy the assertion that, that marijuana is a gateway drug. Um, I, I'm, uh, I really don't buy it. Uh, you know, having said that, you know, I've smoked exactly one joint in my life on my graduation night from high school. But uh, my sister was quite the uh, purveyor of uh, illicit cannabis. Uh, <laughs> had a great many customers in the Monroe, Louisiana area. Um, so... <laughs> Can we get her on the phone? Can we get her as part of this discussion? She was she she, uh, she she's actually a legal pharmacist now, but she was an illegal one for quite some time. Um, so you know, I, I there was there was a lot of weed around when I was a kid. Um, I just never felt the need to do it. But I've met rarely met the marijuana user uh, who was dangerous. Um, or, or, or who had significant health issues because of the marijuana. Um, so, uh, you know, when compared to things like alcohol or, or the, the long-term side effects of opiate, uh, use and, and addiction, I think marijuana pales in comparison. So I, I really don't think this gateway drug, uh, um, nonsense is is really valid uh i think people have addictive personalities uh and they may get addicted to to certain drugs and activities and whatnot because of the way their brain is wired uh and i don't think marijuana really has anything to do with that so even if it's legal how do you as an ems administrator and leader deal with that with your employees i mean do you do you feel that it's not an issue with uh with your workforce yeah, you know, I mean, this is a very, very, and this is where I start to get into my own personal feelings, and I, I really want to be able to share those and think about it in a way of what position I would take for the workforce within the organization. Certainly, if I work for an organization, i.e., I was in a hospital-based system, uh, we had an organization, and they were part of a bigger EM uh, hospital system. There may be a uh, precedent or maybe a policy that says we don't want it. But my argument, I guess, would be in the sense of how do we say to uh, an employee 
that if your doctor prescribes quote unquote medication for you, that we are in a position to say you're not allowed to take that medication. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, somebody who's on Adderall, and we've certainly known those paramedics mm-hmm. and EMTs that we've interacted with that have had some attention uh, deficit hyperactivity, and you know they have taken Adderall. Well, I was the, I was on Ritalin for a time. I can understand Working that. Working on an ambulance. I, I can understand that. But basically, that that's speed. You know that that kind of yeah. it it, it kind of speeds you up and. But a lot of people now, Kelly, and especially uh, housewives, if you look at the studies, they've wound up taking some of their kids Adderall uh, to help them get through the day, and they've become addicted to methamphetamine. So now if we start to talk about uh, our employees who are coming to work on Adderall, do I say that I don't feel comfortable with that? And just because a doctor prescribed it to you doesn't mean that it's something that I am comfortable with. And I'm not, I don't want you taking that on duty. So yeah. isn't it kind of the same now as we think about, you know, medical marijuana that your doctor gave it to you? And I, and I apologize. I don't know the, the, the conditions that they would prescribe that to you for. Uh, maybe having a, a, a co-host that irritates you and gets on your nerves that you need to settle your nerves. In that case, maybe I'm all for it. But, uh, you know, how do we now say as leaders that um, you can't take that medication? And that's kind of the position that I, I feel that I would need to take for them because I don't know that there's any, you know, and let's put it this way, and let me kind of give you a little bit of background how I think because I, I kind of think through this in, in an ad- analytical standpoint. If we, there are some organizations, EMS organizations, that will say, that you have to stop drinking eight hours or six hours before mm-hmm. your your intended shift. Okay, now if mm-hmm. you come into the office uh, and you, I think you may be inebriated. I can give you a breathalyzer test, and I can now um, check to see your blood alcohol content. Can we check the the alcohol? Can we check the marijuana content in somebody's um, in somebody's um, blood to say hair but but here's the thing though is it going to show and i don't know the answer and if anybody knows the answer out there please share it with us is it going to say kelly that i've got x amount in my system or just that i have some in my system so who's to say who's to say it was smoked six hours before the shift or over the weekend when you were on your four days off yeah and and that's that is a sticky question uh you know we have fairly valid data on on metabolization rates for alcohol you know most people uh with with the average body mass will metabolize what is an an ounce of alcohol per hour um so you know uh but i don't know that we have data like that on how quickly uh um marijuana or cannabis of any kind stays in your system uh and how long you still can be impaired from it uh you know and what level of thc on a test uh is equivalent to a contact high to fog hat concert uh and what level says you know someone smoked a big fat one uh right before coming to work uh do we even know um that that's the question and you know but employers can impose restrictions on on employees behavior even uh, when the, the, uh, activity is, is otherwise legal, you know, you can, if you're 
taking prescribed medications that impair your performance or impair your reaction time. You know, uh, if you can't drive or operate heavy machinery because of the medications you're taking, even though they're prescribed by a doctor, your employer has a right to to prohibit you from working or, or uh, if that job task requires uh, operating heavy machinery like an ambulance. Right. I mean, uh, and so, that's a good point. And that's a good point because there are medications that have warning labels on them that say, mm-hmm. be careful around these so-and-so. But one of the things that I think is, is interesting is I don't know that there's enough information out there as to the uh, efficacy of how this medication would really affect you when it's in your system. And let me give you an yeah. example. So now when we start to think about where marijuana is in the classifications of drugs, they made this a class one drug, similar to that of heroin, similar to that. And and I think that this was some politician that, you know, because back in the old days, they used to give they used to give heroin, uh, uh, liquid heroin to kids who were colicky back in the 1900s. So I oh, think uh, uh, did you get paragoric as a kid? No, I didn't. Did you? Well, see, I got paragoric as a kid. Ah, so now it makes... It's full of opiates. Greg Freeze, are you out there? Do you hear this? Now it all makes sense. (laughs) It all makes sense. Okay. Now, I'm... Kelly, I am sorry for all the things... But anyway. but So now what happens is is they put this drug on the... Or they put this this weed. They put this... I guess we got to call it a drug now since it's in a medical standpoint. But we put it on this scale that said, this is the worst of the worst. And I don't know up until recently that there was there, there's science on this that's showing that you know what maybe it is just benign and maybe it's not as bad as it is so i don't know that we've seen these studies that say if you partake in medical marijuana for a treatment of x how does it affect you to do your job as a paramedic or an emt i don't know the answer to that you know well there's some conflicting studies out there on on the effects of marijuana and how it affects your your cognitive and and uh and physical performance. Um, there's some studies that, uh, that I've been looking at said that uh, it doesn't appreciably uh, increase your reaction time. Uh, uh, one study on, on PubMed said exactly that. There's no uh, no uh, significant uh, increase in reaction time after uh, uh, smoking marijuana. Yet there are other studies that say that um, uh, that performance, cognitive function, and uh, physical performance, psychomotor uh, tasks are impaired after uh, after um, smoking cannabis um, for up to three hours. Um, now it's not necessarily reaction times, but it could be things like uh, sleepiness uh, and and difficulty maintaining and sustaining vigilance and, and staying alert. Um, uh, whereas, you know, with, with reaction time, if you know what's coming and, and they're physically testing that sort of thing, you can concentrate a little bit and, and, and still have a decent reaction time. The question is, is, is how long can you concentrate right. uh, when you're, when you're uh, high? Now, as we talk about this, I'm going to say right now as a leader where I stand is I am not saying that the states that have recreational marijuana, that we should allow them to use that. Uh, similar to that of having alcohol until we have better understandings of how that's going to affect people. And I know as I say it now, I'm saying, well, how can I say this, but then say if it's medically prescribed that it's okay. But for some reason, that's what my belief is. 
So I think one of the things that's important is how do we now make the determination of if is is this bad for our employees? Is this bad for our patients? You know, because one of the things that we do see from a from a medical standpoint, Kelly, I don't know if you've seen them, but you know, I have a friend of mine, a very close friend who has MS. He mm-hmm. lives he lives in a state that has medical marijuana. And here's a guy, and it's so very funny. I mean, he he you know, I, I feel bad for his disease, but his hands are constantly shaking. You know, he's the guy with the spoon with the gyro thing in it, so mm-hmm. he can, so he can eat, so his spoon isn't going. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll see him and he shaves and and he's got cuts all over his face because you know he can't keep mm, his hand. Yeah. But when he uses this, his hands stop shaking and he's able to function as a. He could use a regular spoon. He can shave himself without any problems. And we've mm-hmm. all seen those, you know, the videos of the kids who are taking the elixir uh, of THC and it's making a difference for them. So I guess my biggest question is, how do we now tell people that this is something that could be helping their conditions, whatever that is? Um, and I just don't know where the... Um, I don't know where I stand on the part of making policy or fighting for the employees that need this um, uh, as part of their treatment, and I just don't know how to go about that. And I would really be interested in some of the states that are out there, you know, the Colorados and the mm-hmm. and the Washingtons, and you know, you know, the states. If you have policy on this, I'd really love to hear from you so we can discuss it on a subsequent show, Kelly. But how do we now? And maybe you and I brainstorm this just in the last few minutes of the show. But how do we now set a policy if we're in a situation? You and I are running our own EMS system. And, of course, it's Chris and Kelly's EMS system. And we now have to set a policy because we're in a medical marijuana state. Some of our employees have been uh, prescribed this, uh, quote, unquote, medication. Mm -hmm. What do you and I do as leaders of this organization? Well, I think, first of all, we, we need to we need to distinguish the fact uh, the difference between medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Um, you know, there have been plenty of states that have decriminalized the use of recreational marijuana, and I'm okay with that. I really don't care um, uh, if someone smokes weed. Uh, the only person, the only thing that's endangered by a habitual weed smoker is a bag of Cheetos. Um, and, and PlayStation controller uh, sales will probably go through the roof. And probably uh, some, bean, some beanbag usage too, right? Beanbag yeah. uses it. No, that's right. Am I going too far? Too far? And, and yeah. PlayStation and, and Xbox uh, sales will go through the roof. Um, but you know, but the synthetic weed, that stuff, man, makes you want to eat somebody's face off. That 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 stuff needs. Yeah, to I'm be not good. advocating for that at all. Yeah, yeah so. but um, recreational marijuana. You know, the the high you get from recreational marijuana is from THC, tetrahydrocannabinol. Um, but medical marijuana. Um, has been engineered over years to to be very low in THC and very high in the other beneficial uh, 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 cannabinoid uh, called uh, CBD, uh, cannabidiol. Um, And uh, this doesn't produce the high that THC does, but it, it has the, the pain relieving and the anti-seizure and, and all the other supposed effects of, of, uh, cannabis, um, without the high. And, and in a perfect world, I think that if you had, if you were an agency administrator and you had an employee who was 
prescribed medical marijuana for a particular reason, um, and that reason didn't preclude him from performing the physical tasks and the cognitive tasks of an EMT, uh, if in a perfect world, we'd have a blood test for CBD. Uh, I'm not sure one exists, though. I think when we do blood tests and hair testing uh, for for marijuana, um, the active ingredient that it looks for is THC. Now, if we had a blood test that differentiated uh, CBD levels from THC levels, then we could say that, you know, okay, this person is, is taking uh, this therapeutic medication rather than taking it for recreational use. But wouldn't they be uh, be okay with that? Wouldn't they be coming to us to say, hey, I've got this prescription, so we wouldn't necessarily be testing them for it because it would just be like anything else. So if I'm taking a drug test secondary to a post, uh, post-accident post drug screen and they go ahead and say, oh, my gosh, he's got uh, – He's got opioids in his system, and they come back to me and say, well, you got opioids in your system. And I'll say, well, here's my prescription for hydrocodone. So, I mean, isn't that going to be the same thing? So, necessarily, are we testing for this, uh, you know, this other chemical? Or if people are just going to say, or do we put in our policy, if you're going to be on this, you've got to come and declare from the very beginning? I, oh yeah, I think that if you're if you're on medical marijuana uh, and it's legal in your state, and so on and so forth, uh, you need to uh, uh, you need to declare it from the very beginning uh, and and screening uh, of these employees and and follow up with with whatever their health issues may be needs to be a little more diligent. You know, I, I think that's the price you pay for for having a new and and fairly experimental drug, and and uh, as as much as you may as people may advocate for medical use of marijuana, um, the reality is, is that its effects are still uh, um, many of them are undocumented uh, and unproven, and it's still really at the experimental stage. It shows a lot of promise in a lot of areas, um, but we still have a lot to learn about the the therapeutic benefit of marijuana and, and any potential side effects that, uh, and and you know potential for addiction that we may not yet understand so um yeah i think that that if someone is on medical marijuana they need to disclose that at the very beginning uh in the in the hiring process um question then becomes you know if it's legal and it's prescribed by a physician and we have good data out there uh, that says that it's not going to impair someone's performance and inhibit their ability to perform EMS job-related tasks. Um, if you don't hire them, is it discriminatory at that point? Ah, that's a, I don't know. I really would like to hear from some of the folks that uh, that work in, in states where medical and recreational marijuana is, is uh, legal um, and it, uh, particularly if you work in an agency that allows you uh, to use marijuana uh, on your off-duty hours. Um, I'd like to hear what they have to say. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, that's what we think about it. We'd like to hear what you think about it. Uh, is there an issue with EMS providers using medical marijuana provided it is legal uh, and in their state? Give us your thoughts at the show at ems1.com. For myself and co-host Chris Ciballero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.